Hi, welcome back to the AP Reread. In this week's breakdown, we're going to be discussing F. Scott Fitzgerald's The Great Gatsby. Yes, this novel is quite famous, but we've been doing a lot of digging this week. I'm here with Amy, Julia, Elizabeth, and Naomi, and let's get into it. So firstly, we wanted to start off by talking about just like a general summary, like for those that may not know or those that have never seen the Great Gatsby movies, we wanted to start off with like a general kind of summary and movie comparison. Um, If I can maybe have, Naomi, if you want to start off for us, maybe talking a little bit about the movies, I think that would be wonderful. Sure. So in my opinion, um... I thought that the old movie was pretty pretty accurate when it comes to like well historically accurate with how things went down like the parties and and how they dressed and how they talked but I I would say that I preferred like the newer version since it appealed to a younger audience like myself and I could understand it a bit more compared to an older version where I'd have to probably try to guess with my emotions I felt that I was able to understand it better and focus not just on the visual appeal because it had a lot of different vibrant colors and, and a lot of um, visual effects, but for the audience to understand the movie while still leaving room for their own interpretation or ideas during the uh, during the the viewing of the movie. Um, and by the end of it, I felt as though like the the green light wasn't just to represent Daisy, but true happiness. And I felt like I was able to understand that more with the 2013 movie. Um, and that's how I felt about it. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, I think that green light, like, it, the symbol kind of like shifts throughout the story from something of like hope to something of just like this unattainable love in the distance for Gatsby. And then I just wanted to go ahead and say, like, I totally agree and I do think the newer film accurately like it's it's not necessarily more accurate but I just think it's overall more captivating um Elizabeth did you have anything to add to that yeah going off what Naomi said also I think the movies use the green light to their advantage especially the 2013 one you know it kind of the movie ends with the green light which kind of really exemplifies it to the audience and makes them actually think about it and i do think the 1974 version was more accurate at the time um per se but i do think the 2013 version for current audiences are more captivating to the audience this is you can really see this with kind of the parties that gatsby throws the parties in the 1974 version are more realistic of what the parties would have actually looked like with the costumes and just the music and everything. And then the 2013 parties are kind of this grand party, but obviously the audience um, would be more interested in the 2013 version. So I think it's interesting to just compare those two and how the directors chose to play them out. Yeah, I totally agree. And like, I just wanted to focus on a certain scene, like comparing those like parties as like Elizabeth like implied. Like, I think it was super interesting in the nineteen seventy four film where they kind of like focused on like the dancers' feet and like their like beaded skirts. Like, and for me, when I was watching the movie, I just thought it was interesting. But like, uh, like for them, like that was more of like scandalous and like outgoing, like that type of dancing. Although to us today, it doesn't seem like it. Like in the twenty thirteen film, in order to make it like more relatable they had to like change up the costuming and like make the clothes very revealing and the dancing was more scandalous like I that's why I think it's more
more entertaining because it's kind of relatable to a younger audience. Um, Julia, did you have anything to add to any of our summaries or movie observations? Yeah, so I really like both the films, but I like them for very different reasons. I think that the older one, um, the 1970s version, definitely plays up a lot of like the nuances and it's definitely more subtle and subdued um in the way that maybe things would have actually been in the 1920s but i think that part of the reason why i think we're even so familiar with gatsby today is because of the newer version um and the newer version definitely does try to appeal to like our more modern audience and like when we kind of think of gatsby we think of this exciting character who throws these giant parties and everything sequins and fireworks and all that um and it really just plays up like the grandiosity of the character himself so i do like both of the movies but i think that they both definitely offer different perspectives and i feel like looking at both of them kind of helps you get almost a better understanding of the book itself yeah, I totally agree, and I think uh, Leonardo DiCaprio does an excellent job of playing our Gatsby in the newer film. Um, Amy, finally, did you just have anything, quick takeaways, quick anything we missed from the summary before we move on to digging even deeper into the text? Um, yeah, I really agreed with Julia when she said that she, she liked both films, but I really liked the newer Perfect. So we actually wanted to dive in today to two of these sort of different ways of analyzing the text. So first we wanted to go into kind of analyzing how cruelty, like when you think of Gatsby, you don't necessarily think of cruelty, but I think there's a little bit more cruelty here than to what meets the eye. So today we kind of just want to go into like how that cruelty like assists like the plotline of the novel and then how it like what it reveals about our like the perpetrator and the victim in those situations so um i'm actually going to go ahead and start off with what i think because i just i don't think the great gatsby would be the great gatsby without that sort of cruelty and like craziness that unveils like towards the ends of towards the end of the novel um so like i think gatsby's like fixation with daisy kind of drives the cruelty like losing her to tom like tom's losing his like marbles here over losing daisy and then like tom like no gatsby like gatsby would have gone he would have done almost anything to have daisy that's why he like murdered myrtle like that form of cruelty like that was i thought that was unexpected of gatsby and then after that incident that caused mr wilson um myrtle's husband to murder gatsby and then to murder himself i was really shocked when i saw that scene like i remember especially in the 2013 movie i just like was like wow like i didn't think this story was going to take that type of a turn like and I kind of think it showed that George, like, refused to live without Myrtle the same way that Gatsby refused to live without Daisy. And in the end, like, Gatsby didn't have to live without Daisy because um, he passed away. Um, Julia or Elizabeth, you have anything to add to that? Yeah, Elizabeth, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say that I think that the 
Yeah, I really like that insight, Maddie. Uh, I wanted to ask you, did you ever think um, Gatsby's obsession with Daisy was... Um, um, did you ever think it kind of had any benefit to him? And that his cruelty... Do you think um, Gatsby ever saw his cruelty, like, noticed it, even if it was subtle? Or do you think he was just kind of blinded the whole time? Oh, that's a good question. I think he was blinded the whole time and I think you really see that when like he meets um Daisy's daughter and he was just like what like I really didn't believe she existed so that kind of me that shows to me that he was completely blinded by his love for Daisy refused to believe she had a daughter because he was so fixated on like living in this perfect world with Daisy that like her daughter just wasn't a part of it um Julia do you have something to add there So, Julia, would you say that, like, the way he got his money was kind of, like, not a foreshadowing, but kind of just, like, a re- like a revelation of his true character? Yeah, I feel like it could be, because, you know, we, throughout the novel, we kind of do see Gatsby as the protagonist, and although we question him at times, we want him to end up with Daisy, and I feel like when it's kind of revealed to us that he has some, like, shady dealings as the audience we kind of ignore it at first because we're like oh you know that cruelty that dangerous past is the past and he wants to move forward and he wants this life with daisy and then with the death of myrtle and his lack of compassion we see that it's not not behind him that cruelty is still there and it's still a driving force for him all right thank you so much um amy did you have anything to add on here from gatsby's cruelty or like gatsby's past life yeah, no, I completely agree with Julia. Like, at the beginning, when I was reading, like, chapters even, like, one and two, like, I would have never thought that, like, Gatsby would have, like, the capability or, the, like, the mental capacity to murder somebody because that takes a lot. And so I did look over, like, oh, he did shady business. I'm like, oh, but that's kind of everybody back in those days or whatever. But looking back... I think it was a foreshadowing of his cruelty and what he was capable of because yes he won all this wealth for Daisy and he wanted this lavish life to provide for Daisy and get her back but there was multiple ways of doing that and he chose the way that was the most shady and that he could get legal repercussions for and so looking back I think it was a foreshadowing of murdering myrtle yeah i think that's a totally like different interesting perspective that 
it's kind of a little bit different to pick up on, especially since it's so subtle in the beginning, like, oh yeah, he did these shady dealings, and everyone's just like, oh, okay, like, that's his character, he's so hardworking to get his money, and I think it really reveals a little bit more about his character. Finally, Naomi, did you have anything to add on to this cruelty before we move on to our last discussion point? sure how I felt about uh, cruelty throughout the novel. I didn't realize uh, how present it was until the very end. Um, mostly in like the 2013 movie where I saw that Nick had said that it was the people who were cruel. And in a sense, I felt that was true because Gatsby in the end, he felt like the only way he could receive or, or, or get that large amount of money was by doing shady business. And in the end, it wasn't even the business itself that killed him but people because he want he wanted to take the blame of um of killing Myrtle and to be kind towards Daisy but in the end he ended up getting killed and then Daisy and her family basically got a new start and were able to get away with it um and it, it was honestly shocking to me that he he was a great person like Nick said but in the end it came it came back at him for how he tried to show kindness to Daisy and, and, and give her everything that she, she might have wanted, but in the end, she couldn't do the same for him. Yeah, I totally agree. Gatsby just kind of was unable to reach this ideal... Um ideal view of his life and that is going to lead us into our last topic for discussion today. I really think this is such an interesting thing to analyze throughout the novel because we have this sort of like ideal view of the world and I kind of think that both Gatsby and Nick hold that so we're just going to kind of go into seeing how this idealism of this perfect world has positive and negative consequences and kind of how that works for the great Gatsby as a whole so if anyone wants to like start off with here like with what they think or like how a character's idealism starts all right Amy go right ahead yeah so I think looking from the outside perspective one might think that Gatsby's ideal are like money and luxury but since we have the inside perspective of the author we realize that the money and the luxury is all for Daisy. So I think that his ideal, his ideals just revolve directly around Daisy. And it's almost like his mind lives in this paradise where he's with Daisy and there's no Tom or Myrtle or anything like that. And they were how they were when they were together in the past. And I think that brings up the point that Gatsby loves the idea of Daisy rather than Daisy actually herself. I know somebody mentioned um, um, like when he was so astonished that Daisy had an actual daughter and the fact that he didn't even believe what he heard that Daisy had a daughter. And like a daughter is a huge part of a mom's life as part of her identity and for him to just not recognize that I think that alludes to the point that he does not love Daisy in the present but he loves the Daisy of the past yeah I think he's kind of stuck here living in the past and like you really see that towards the end of the novel like with Nick's like conclusion there like I think it's really like Daisy and Gatsby's love because of the idealism that he holds it's really a tragedy because in the end he just never really he never reaches his goal and it's just kind of watching him chase after her and he's just stuck in the past with what he thought Daisy was. All right, Julia, do you have anything to add there? Yeah, so I, I definitely do agree with um, you and Amy, but I also wanted to bring up a point that I 
have kind of had for like a lot of the novel, which is I feel like he equates, I mean, he says he does, he equates Daisy with the idea of wealth and success. And like, that's why he was so attracted to her, like in their youth, because to him, she was like what it meant to be wealthy and to be like everything that he kind of aspired to be. And so I feel like him wanting to get Daisy in this ideal world that he's kind of created I feel like once he has Daisy then he's officially like wealthy he's officially successful he's officially like everything that he's ever wanted to be and he has Daisy who he loves because she makes she would make him feel successful and make him feel wealthy and I feel like the reason why um, he doesn't like acknowledge the baby and he doesn't acknowledge a lot of these other issues is because he doesn't necessarily see Daisy as a person and he sees her not only as this like idealized version of herself but also this kind of like trophy almost that would like finally represent him getting to the place he wants to be in life. Yeah, I totally agree. He's kind of Daisy is almost unfortunately and it's how was like how women were seen like daisy's unfortunately like a prize in this situation she's just kind of seen as like oh you win me like that's like an accomplishment for you i just think that's another interesting point um elizabeth do you want to go ahead i know you had some interesting ideas about the cruelty like not sorry idealism in the novel uh yeah i think you guys um really developed the idea of um gatsby's cruelty uh i'm not cruelty sorry (laughs) Um, Gatsby's idealism for Daisy. I think it's also interesting to examine how Nick kind of had an idealistic view of um, the elite or wealthy, which would include, you know, Gatsby, Tom, Daisy, kind of all the main characters. Uh, He did hold hold them to a higher standard and he was kind of enamored by them. However, I think as Nick gets more and more involved with the wealthy, he kind of realizes how toxic their dynamic is and it's not what he made it out to be and that idealism sort of fades. So here with Nick, at least in one character, we see how the idealism does fade out and he kind of does get brought back to reality. Whereas with Gatsby, he kind of is stuck in that idealism all the way to the end to his death. But... Ultimately, I think in both Gatsby and Nick's situation, their idealism ends up hurting them more than helping them, as Nick is kind of permanently stuck with this warped view of New York and the elite and everything like that, and then obviously Gatsby died with no one really there at the end. Yeah, I totally agree that just, like, their high standards for what they think other people are like really hurts them throughout the novel versus them just, like, you know, having their own ideas and being themselves, this this view of this idealistic and perfect and rich New York that just drives the novel. Amy, did you have something to add there? If not, we could just skip to Naomi, and that'll be about Um, it for today. Yeah, I just want to ask you guys a question, anybody can answer, Um, because we've discussed how Gatsby's ideals, it was Daisy. Do you think that if Daisy was not even a factor in his life, at all do you think he would still have accomplished all these luxuries and riches or do you think that he wouldn't have because daisy wasn't there so there was not motive to do so yeah and did um naomi did you have did you have something you want to say about that yeah um personally i think that 
personally, I'd have to say he wouldn't have all that money. I mean, it, it seemed to me like he solely got all that money just so that he could appeal to Daisy and give her everything that she wanted. Um, otherwise, I feel like maybe he would have he would have been living a different life. Maybe, maybe even, I don't know, maybe poverty. I, I forgot if he was in poverty before he, he left, but I, I'm pretty sure he, he wouldn't have gotten all that wealth, especially in like such a shady business because he just wanted money fast in order to be with her. All right. Thank you so much for that. And that is going to conclude our podcast here for today. Thank you so much for listening and tuning into our discussion about The Great Gatsby. All right. You have a great day and we will talk to you next time on the AP Reread.